This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, and I'm your host for today's program. You know, every person who suffers has perhaps asked silently, if not audibly, why is God letting this happen to me? Well, for Pastor Ed Underwood, this challenge came in the form of chronic leukemia. As his pain became unbearable, even after praying for healing, Ed's heart was broken when he realized that the God who could do anything was not helping him. Yet, a revelation from God's Word changed his heart and his life forever. Ed Underwood is back with us today to share more of what God has taught him that might also help you and me in our own times of suffering. Ed is the executive officer and lead counselor of Recentered Group, a ministry that helps churches get healthy and thrive by loving one another and equipping leaders to cultivate a disciple-making community. Ed brings over 40 years' experience as a lead pastor, serving the historic Church of the Open Door in Southern California the last 21 years. He's the author of several books, including the one that we discussed last week and today, When God Breaks Your Heart. Ed, welcome back to Saving Grace. It's good to be back with you. Thank you. You know, your book has prompted me to reread the familiar story of Lazarus, particularly about Martha and Mary in a whole new light. I love it. I I realize that I am not alone when I tell God, if only you had been here. Uh, And I recognize that I, too, do more reporting to God than requesting his help. If you would take a moment, because I think it's so important to remind our listeners who perhaps were not with us last week of the importance of telling God what you need, even when he knows what already what we need. Yeah, I've... um... Uh, well, I, as I said last time, I was on my deathbed that night on that dark Friday night, and everybody was praying these prayers, and they were mostly reports about uh, that I had been a faithful pastor, and I was, you know, I was needed, and all these things. Just they were giving God information, and then uh, Charlie White came in and prayed that I could live and serve, and that was the first request. And I remember thinking somebody asked after something. Yes. And, and that real and that really hit me because uh, the, it launched me to do a series on prayer at Church of the Open Door. Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, you know, Matthew said, "Keep on asking, yes. keep on knocking." Um, uh, your Father, uh, He loves you. Uh, he's not going to, you know, He's not going to give you something that'll hurt you when you're asking for something else. Um, so, uh, but it's it's interesting to me how far away our culture, especially in the stream I swim in, conservative Christianity, um, how far away we are from that. And, yes. uh, and, and I had, I have seen so many people, I, I, I came to the point, you know, a typical thing, I'm standing out in front of the church, I just preached and someone said, uh, would say, hey, Pastor Ed, I need, I need prayer. That's okay. And then they would talk. Uh, about whatever the problem is and right. give me the inside story and I found myself uh, over the last since uh, 2000 when I almost died I would put my hand on their shoulder and ask the, the same question that Jesus asked a couple of times 
And uh, Jesus would look at a person and say, what do you want me to do? Mm, yes, and, I, and I would say, and, and I would interrupt them. I'd say, wait, 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 okay? What is it that you want God to do? Mm. And they would say, you know, I need another job. That's okay. Can we pray for that? And they'd look at me like it was, like it was too soon, you know? We, oh, right. We, we should be talking about, you know, so a conversation with me, I can offer empathy, but I have no power. Mm-hmm. Um, then they need to be, we need to take this to God. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, we need to ask God for, for, for specific things and, and not try to protect his reputation oh. if it doesn't happen. I agree. Get to the point. Get to the point. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you said in your book that when Jesus comforted his friends, Martha and Mary, he refused to agree to their demands, but he did react to their tears and responded to their trust. Help us to better understand that, because we often take God's no or God's wait to mean that he really doesn't care. Yeah, and, and, um, and obviously with Lazarus, I mean, he, uh, he, was, he, he, rose, you know, he rose from the dead, but we should always remind ourselves Lazarus himself died mm-hmm. um, sometime. We, we don't have any record of that. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I just, uh, as I was studying this and exegeting the Greek, uh, there's something about the heart of Jesus that, I, that identifies with us. And when it says uh, Jesus wept, then it says, but where it says he groaned within himself. Hmm. He groaned within himself. Um, we've always thought of that as a... Uh, as a uh, kind of that thing. Yes. Well, the, the, the Greek nuance is to scream in rage against something that is wrong. Wow. Mm. It, 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 it's used to describe a she-bear's reaction to an assault on her cub. Mm. In, in, in uh, you know, in the, in the common, in the Koine Greek, you know, literature. Yeah. So, uh, we always have this like sanitized picture of Jesus going, oh, really? Right. He, we was, did. he was screaming mm. against the pain of life on earth, the pain of humanity. Mm. And uh, so he understands that. And, and there's, uh, you know, he's, he has, uh, the, the entire arc of the Bible is that this descendant of Abraham, uh, is going to rescue the creation mm-hmm. and those who trust God from all of this. But in the meantime, it isn't like he's saying, hey guys, wait, you're getting to heaven, you need to be quiet, you need to act, you know, you need to put a, you need to smile in the middle of your suffering. Yeah. He's not saying that at all. Yeah, he yeah. raged, he raged against the pain that he saw in Mary and Martha mm-hmm. because he loved them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm comforted by that as well, just in, in my my time with can, uh, with cancer and uh, just understanding that, that God is angry about it, too, and that he sees it and that he cries with me. That just brings tremendous comfort. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and again, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, we, um, we come to the throne of grace. 
Mm. Not a throne of perform. It's not a throne of performance. No, no. <laughs> no. Thank goodness. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne throne of grace. Yeah. Mm, love it. You know, I, I felt such relief uh, reading, and you and you mentioned last week in our in our program uh, how you and Judy told God that you were mad at Him, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, you know our our reverent fear of God. I think sometimes prompts us to hold back our true feelings. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about making our request to God and asking Him and, t- you know, telling Him what we need. Uh, but but to be angry with God, it's almost like that's unchristian in our, in our traditional thinking. Uh, how do you think God responds when we, when we say, you know, God, I'm really angry with you today? Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I feel that that uh, the, the God of the Bible, our Father in heaven, uh, would much rather for us to express our anger than to try to hide it and uh, be better and do better for Him. It's uh, mm-hmm. we live a life uh, we we live a life of grace. Amen. And if and if you don't think God can take honesty, mm-hmm. uh, read the Psalms. The, the Psalms, what I love about the Psalms is the Psalms give us words mm-hmm. to words of protest. Yes. I mean, you read some of, you read some of David's Psalms and he goes, look, I don't like this. These guys are winning and I'm losing. Uh-huh. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. Run over them with a truck and then back it up over them again. You know? And um, so David, this man after God's own heart, yeah. who was obviously still broken and wounded and everything. Yes. Um, he, the reason we love those Psalms is because mm. they express our feelings. They do. God is not the, God is not the least bit threatened. I mean, God's not even threatened by Satan. Yeah. Why would he be a threatened by uh, a truly human feeling, mm-hmm. like fear or doubt or anger. He's yes. not the least bit threatened. Yes, yes. And like you say, it's 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 about God's grace. And I think that's the thing yeah. we have to grasp is, I mean, my goodness, he saved us while we were wretched sinners uh, because of his grace. And and the things that we do, we don't surprise him. He expects us to uh, to uh, uh, to be the weaklings that we are. And he loves us just as we are. And that's just a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, he does. Uh, you you write, Jesus turned my weary soul's concentration from all that was wrong with my life on earth to all that was wondrous about the life from heaven that he wanted to give. And you said that the turning point on this came as you grasped the words of Christ to Martha that we find in John 11, 25 and 26. Take us there, if you will. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that this is the first, uh, the first clear expression of the good news in the book of John, which is all mm. about the good news. Right. And it's to and it's to Martha, who is you know she's um, she's a, she's really angry with Jesus. And he said, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may live, and though he may die, he shall live." And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Mm. Um, and uh, part of that was verse 27. She said, yeah, I know that. But you got to mm. realize that the, uh, the second temple Jews of Jesus' time, they believed in a resurrection mm-hmm. of good Jews in the kingdom. 
And and I think she was like saying to Jesus, that's all you got? I mean, all the rabbis already told me that. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. uh, but he said, but when he said, do you believe this? There's a this that I have to believe if I am going to walk with God. I have to believe that he's good. Mm-hmm. I have to believe his promises. I have to trust him or his love, uh, you know, untrusted love never benefits the person who's being loved. Mm. Yes, yes. Wow, that's good. I, I loved the awareness that you brought to me that Jesus will take personal responsibility for me. I love that, Ed. We are his. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. whatever is going on, he is taking responsibility. I don't have to fret over it, worry about it, may wonder if I'm making the wrong decision about it. I just give it to him, right? Uh, but, yeah. but when we are in the midst of that pain and suffering, um, there's a part of us that goes, hmm, he's not doing a very good job of it. <laughs> so how, how, yeah. how can we, uh, again, just talking to those who who've maybe feel that way today, uh, to how do they believe? How do they believe that God does love them? He does have a good plan for their life. And it's not just quoting Romans 8, 28. He does have a good yeah, plan. Yeah, it's for sure not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I would say uh, that it, it all, you know, it's trust, but when we are suffering, um, we have to, uh, it, uh, trusting, uh, I always love people who, who talk about, uh, who, who are afraid of cheap grace. Mm. And, uh, and what I always say is, uh, grace isn't cheap, it's free. Um, mm. And we have to trust that he is caring for us. Mm-hmm. I uh, started saying years and years ago, and I, you know, when I go to pastors' conferences, because they're always, you know, they're always under a lot of pressure. And I say, uh, I believe that most of us, if we sit across the table from Jesus over a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and we said, Jesus, what do you want from me? I believe that he would say, I want you to let me take care of you. Oh, wow. I want you to look me take care of you. Mm. Uh, I am I am tender. I'm compassionate. My yoke is it's burdensome, but we act as if it's burdensome. And when yes. Jesus said, "My yoke isn't bur- burdensome," he knew that there was suffering all around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he understands the suffering of humanity. Good night. He said uh, he said. Uh, goodbye to his mother from a cruel Roman cross. Mm, uh, right. There's nothing worse than that, you know? Yes, yes. Um, so I just think that um, that he, we have to trust that, he, you know, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust him over all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. We're, we're never going to understand suffering. We're never yeah. going to understand suffering. Mm-hmm. It is a mystery how a good God could bring good out of suffering. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, like right now, here I am, I'm 72. I've lived for 22 years. That just gave me four months to, uh, to live mm-hmm. uh, 22 years ago. It's so easy for me to say, see, see look, he took care of me. But in those last 22 years, just uh, men and women, just as faithful, just as trusting, um, just as devoted to Christ, as I am, died. 
Yes. So we have to trust that he um, that our 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 path is the path he will direct our steps. I guess mm-hmm. is the way I would put it. Absolutely, and and I always had to remind myself that. Uh, God numbers my days. And it's, you know, the, the doctors, their their diagnosis is only as good as medical science. God has the final right. say. And so I, I, because I trust him, because I love him, because I know he loves me, uh, that actually would give me comfort. It took some of my fear away because it was like, well, if this isn't my day to go, then it's not going to happen because God numbers my days. Uh, yeah. he's, he's a faithful God, isn't he? he uh, we can depend. Yeah. On on his promises, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, he's faithful, but it's also sobering. Mm, yes, he, he he is in charge, and he is going to do what he wants to do. Yes, he is. Um, you, you know, it's just like that in Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, he's good, but he is not tame. Mm. But, but he but he is dangerous. Does he is dangerous? So uh, he's 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 making things right in the world through his through his church. But that involves suffering. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. called that people are called out, called out of darkness into uh, the kingdom of the Son of His love. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on as we're living for Christ. Yes, all around us every day. We certainly see it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you share a story in your of of your first time back in the pulpit while still in the midst of your cancer battle, while still in the midst of, of pain and suffering and the issues with your skin. Uh, but God showed up and received the glory. And I'd love for you to share that beautiful testimony. Okay. Well, um, I had already embraced John eleven forty as the verse that I was going to cling to. If I believe, I'll see the glory of God. If I believe, I'll see the glory of God. In all the trips to the hospital, uh, with all the machine beeping and all that, I've been through all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, with this disease, uh, when it was when it was fully involved, I could not wear regular clothes. Mm. Um, so I was real. I was really. I had to go to a uh, believe it or not. I'd go to a skater. You know, for skaters, yeah. I had to wear skater clothes because they're real loose. <laughs> okay. So here I am, this 50-year-old dude uh, who's all passed uh, out wearing skater clothes. And I thought, I wonder what's going to happen because I'd been gone for months and months because yeah. of this disease. And my first uh, day back in the pulpit, um, uh, first day back in the pulpit, I stood up and I said, Hi, uh, my name is Ed Underwood, and I'm still pastor of Church of the Open Door. <laughs> and I was getting ready, and I was getting ready to preach. I only did that because I knew there were people there who didn't know I was a pastor. So you were being and serious. You weren't trying to. I, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I was. I was just trying to take care of our of, of our visitors. You right, know, I wanted, right. I, I didn't want them to say, "Who's this guy in skater clothes?" What's he? Anyway, uh, <laughs> but. The audience stood up and erupted in thunderous applause, uh, and right. and it just absolutely did me in. I mean, mm. in an emotional way. Yes. I remember thinking, "Here it is. This is the glory." And yes. and if I could just take one more uh, moment to uh, talk about the glory of God, when I came into Church of the Open Door, it was very very troubled. and it was extremely divided. And I did everything I could to try to bring the sides together and to bring unity and nothing worked when I came back 
after my said that battle with this leukemia, um, uh, it was like it, it it had healed. It had healed. Wow! And I found I found out that the warring parties were usually torn apart by two loud voices on each side. Just said, "Hey, look, as our pastor, we're moving forward together." And uh, I, no one will ever persuade me that uh, God didn't use my leukemia mm-hmm. to bring unity to Church of the Open Door. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I would agree. My goodness. And, you know, we don't stop to think that it's... It's not just about us, is it? I mean, I mean, for example, if no. we're we're going through our cancer, uh, but all the wonderful work that God does, the only part that's about us is perhaps that He did give us opportunity to continue to live. But it's really yeah. about the impact that we have just because we've stayed faithful uh, through the suffering, uh, and 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 others are are see that and they want that too. They want that that faith they want to understand that it's okay for us to doubt and have fear uh so it really is uh it is a ripple effect in the impact yeah, that, that we have wow yeah and i still get I'm, that book was written years ago mm-hmm. and hasn't been on amazon for years we're just publishing it through retainer group um but i still get uh emails from all over the world people telling me um you know this uh, your experience and your your explanation of john 11 uh, rescued my faith. Of course, I didn't rescue their faith. The Holy Spirit used it, but yeah. Um, yeah. it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. Oh, no doubt about it. Oh, and I'm so thankful that you that that you shared what God taught you. It's 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 helping so so many. Ed. Well, you know, you say that every day is a day to serve God, even after the diagnosis. And I would add, after the job loss, after the betrayal of a spouse, after a child becomes a prodigal and turns to the world, it doesn't really matter the circumstances. But when there is an issue that tears us apart, uh it is still a day to serve God. Talk to us about that. What what is the Father? What is Christ telling the Father about us as we go through these things uh, here on Earth that would prompt us to want to continue to serve? Yeah, I want to, um, and you know, and I've already said that I, I I swim in the stream of conservative Christianity. Um, and uh, I've only heard God speak to me three times, and it wasn't an audible voice, so people don't have to think I'm, I'm crazy or anything. But I was in a really, really dark place, suffering. And I, it, it came to my mind, the sentence that came to my mind, it was, you're as alive today as anybody. Mm. Yeah. You're as alive today as anybody. And I thought, hey, that's true. Mm-hmm. I can serve God today. So, you know, after your ch- after the divorce, you still have a day that you can serve God and and, and enjoy His grace. And it, mm-hmm. even during grief, you know, there's always uh, as long it's just, <laughs> I'm as alive today as anybody, and I have another day uh, to trust Him. And I found it made me more thankful. I used to every Sunday night. I would uh, leave Church at the Open Door thinking about all the problems and all the things that had gone wrong that day and, you know, all, all the pastor shame was overcoming me. And uh, after the disease, I found myself Sunday night 
driving down from Church of the Open Door and just saying thank you. I got to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I believe that uh, Jesus having experienced life, as the Book of Hebrews tells us. Um, and I just have it. You know, this is a picture in my mind. I don't know if this is actually the dynamic, mm-hmm. but the picture in my mind is that Jesus is whispering in the Father's ear. This is hard for them. Mm. This is really, really hard for them. And and it's true. Life on earth is hard. And following Christ, um, it it makes it, it it makes it better, but it doesn't. It it, it also makes it harder. So. Yes. Um, I believe that uh, there's something very special about a uh, the incarnate Christ mm. that uh, he's completely human, completely divine. I do not understand that. I just know the God of all power yes is totally aware of every feeling and every doubt and every fear that I have. Mm. Yes, yes, and he doesn't let any of it go to waste, does he? He, he no, puts he it doesn't. all. He puts it all to good use, and and his power yeah. is more evident in us when we are at our weak, weakness, uh, weakest point. So it's a beautiful, That's beautiful what Paul thing. Said. Yeah. yeah, Paul said that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am so grateful for you, Ed Underwood, for your authenticity, for writing this book, for helping us to better understand the heart of the Father and our Savior right in the midst of suffering. Uh, I pray the Lord would heal your body and remove your pain so that you can continue to serve Him and your ministry to those who are hurting uh, uh, will reach far and wide. So you have been a blessing to us today and and to me personally. So thank you for for joining us these past two weeks. Well, you're absolutely welcome. And I I thank you for the opportunity. I wrote it so long ago. Um, I find that the book encouraged me again. Oh, great. (laughs) Great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm having, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I've had to relive this book, uh, with other tragedies in life, mm, and I'm as, sure. all, as everybody will. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, we'll have you back and look forward to that. Thank you so much, Ed. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. And to our listeners, I pray your hearts were encouraged, as was mine. Let me urge you once again to get a copy of the book, When God Breaks Your Heart, available through Recentered Group. You'll find a link to that organization on our website at gsot.edu forward slash saving grace. So glad you tuned in today. Remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.